We're in beautiful downtown Corpus Christi, Texas. It's another episode of the Cheap Thought Podcast. That's Ben over there. I'm Brent. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing it again. Um, we've got a really exciting episode today. Ben just put in a long day of work. He shot over here to uh, the conference room where we have our makeshift studio in the Cosmopolitan Apartment Building. Have a beautiful background here, and uh, hopefully we'll get it on video one day, and you'll be able to see where we're shooting this, where we're recording this show. This is sometime we're going to make this happen. I've tried to get you to go to the uh, coffee houses, Ben, and, you, and Ben's a little afraid. He says, "What are we going to do?" But you don't drink coffee. You love the smell, didn't you? Tell love me? the smell. Yeah. Okay. Good memory. All right. Yeah. So, and that might be on one of our uh, questionnaires or one of our quizzes down the road when. We uh, we do uh, what is it called? We do questions for the oh a little bit closer. Can everybody hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. All right. When we do questions for for when we do drawings, when we do uh, I'll draw like drawing oh, pictures. Like a drawing. No, no, no. We don't want to see that. <laughs> this isn't a horror show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, like we're, we're not ready to scare you. Write your name on a piece of paper. Write, write your name on a piece of paper. Put it in the hat. Uh, when we have our fan club and they're going to do questionnaires, like, if, they're going to find out oh, who's the, the biggest fans. Like, we talked about this on the podcast. If, you draw, if we draw your name and uh, you have an interesting story, we're going to let you tell your story on our podcast. Oh, like, well, what I think is if we draw their name and they can answer the question correct, then they will win the prize. What's the prize going to be? Well, it depends. It's a gift. how further down it's, we are in this podcast. It's a gift pack from 2022 Christmas. But there is some gift cards in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. In a freak. Those things never go bad. So. I don't think any of our fans want a fruitcake. <laughs> I think... Well, but both our moms are like, I do, I do. Yeah. Well, 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 well. All right. Anything uh, exciting? Yeah, this is our second episode of this year. Of this year? Of yeah. this year. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Well, 2024. That's good. And you, uh, last episode, you won, you said, hey, we're going to do um, 102 episodes this year. That's our goal. Our goal. And, uh, and I didn't know about that until we were doing the podcast, which that's a lot. But we're going to try to do that. We'll knock it out. That was a while ago, too. There's going to be days we're just going to have to work hard. We're going to get uh, all the info. We have tons of titles, subjects that we want to talk about on the podcast. And then ben, ben calls me the day of, what are we talking about today? And then I call him sometimes and ask the same. I was just at the store, and uh, there was a guy. He says, what are you up to today? The guy that was... Um, you know, taking my money, mm -hmm. and I was getting a Diet Coke. And to do that. And he said, what are you doing today? I said, well, I'm laying down a podcast. He said, laying down a podcast, listening to a podcast? I said, no, I'm recording a podcast. He said, what's the name of it? And he said, I have Spotify. I'm going to check you out. I said, well, don't get too excited about that. I said, but we're working on And uh, I think we're going to have some pretty good shows today. It's going to be one of our favorite, one of my favorite Subjects to talk about it is about traveling abroad and possibly retiring abroad. Ben and I have talked about this years ago before we ever ever began the podcast. Had some very good discussions. Ben's wife is from uh, Mexico. Mexico. He's from Mexico. Yeah. So he would tell me about uh, visiting there, and uh, he just recently was going there to see a dentist. 
and would be talking about the cost of living. And uh, I, I remember this uh, pretty well a few years ago. You were saying, hey, man, you can live down there like $400 a, a month. And I thought, wow. But, you know, you're probably not going to live like you live here for $450 a month. But uh, it's interesting to know. It makes you want to research things because uh, some things, if you ever travel or want to go stay somewhere abroad, whether it be for retirement or just have a long stay somewhere and say, hey, man, I live pretty good. I can go see some really cool places, uh, do some of the touristy things. If you want to be on a nice beach with crystal clear waters and and uh, the food is good, the food is not very expensive. Um, whether you're cooking for yourself or you're eating out somewhere, pretty, pretty good stuff, pretty good meals out there for whatever you like, whatever your taste is, whether you want to live in a mountainous area or a beach area, tropical area. All types of place. Exactly. But, uh, I do have to warn you from a little bit of research that I have done uh, on and off. But uh, if you want to live, let's say, in Mexico and you're accustomed and you don't want to give up any creature comfort you have here in the States, you're going to want to live off two to $3,000 a month. Yeah. I, I would see that. With, with, you know, this is 2024. I can see that. I mean, uh, it, 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 individual. Is, that a, is that for a family or an individual? Individual. Okay, so a family, maybe you increase that by another thousand. But then again, you're, you're going to want to retire while you're taking family. <laughs> hey, that's between you and me. <laughs> I'm not getting that boat, man. Just kidding. Just kidding. But uh, I don't like, know. What let's do say mean? if you're a couple, you're going to want to live off of three to $4,000 a month to be comfortable, go out to eat, go enjoy yourself, not just stay at home and stare at the beach or just stare at the, the top of the mountain. Like if you want to go out and do stuff, want to still have a filling, enjoyable, comfortable life, you're going to want to have some money to saved up to live off. Or you're going to want to have a business that can support you and your lifestyle. Right? I have a, a couple and a mutual friends, I think, you know, uh, people I'm talking about. Um, their wives are from, they're American guys, and one uh, working in a uh, similar industry, our business in the area here in Corpus area. And, um, they have their wives are from Thailand, and uh, they plan to retire there. Both these guys, and um, they talk about what they want to do. They want to still have a business where they do retire there, and then have a cash flow coming in from what whatever. You know, if you wait till uh, retirement age and you're you know 65, 67, and you have um, you know Social Security, maybe your full pay and some other source of income, you're probably going to have you know, enough to, uh, to live pretty comfortable. And that would also depend whether you're buying property. Mm -hmm. So if you buy property outright, which is in a lot of places, buy the property pretty cheap. I was, I was um, watching some YouTube videos on retirement in the Philippines. And in some of these islands and small villages, you could buy a house, a really nice house. For a very, very good price. Talk about um, a picture. A picture worthy scene to just gorgeous, beautiful area. Beautiful. My and the beaches and the water, I mean, it's like something you've never seen. It looks like you're living in postcard. Yes, exactly. That's what I was recording. Perfect, worthy. It's like a yeah. 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 Just imagine retiring with that finger back. Yeah. Waking up in paradise. 
and you know, with some of that, for me, I, I think other people and the way they adjust, but I think it's tougher to adjust to as you get older. So you think about that, hey, when am I going to make that venture? Or if I am, hey, I'll just go live there a couple of years and I'll come back. Whatever your plans are, the adjustment of moving and, and dip, living in a different place where the culture is different, the food's going to be different, the atmosphere is different, the smells around town are different, depending on where you're at. I'd probably want to live in a more uh, rural town or a small town, small village, um, just like in the United States. I mean, it, if you live out in a small country town, it's going to be cheaper to live there. But do you have the resources to provide the amenities uh, on what you want, yeah. And sure, we we uh, adapt to a certain custom of life in America, and in order to sustain that, they tell me in another country would cost even more. That's what they say. So if you want to live the same life that you're living here, in wherever you want to live, Colombia, Costa Rica, Thailand, Philippines, Russia, wherever you want to retire. In order to sustain that, you need a similar amount of money that you use to live on there. But I'm not certain about that because there's always ways to find things uh, that cost a little less. And that's where the adjustment comes in. Are you going to live similar and take on some of the uh, cultural and living ways of the people that you that you uh, will be living around? And, you know, I mean, some of the things are different. Um, the power may go out in your house. I, I was watching one video where in the Philippines where they had these backup generators. Hey, we're not going to deal with the power going out. If it goes out, we'll just crank up our diesel generators. But uh, and they said that's a frequent thing. Now, can you be used to that? In 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 the Philippines, the weather is pretty nice most of the time. I mean, um, you would also have to learn to garlic. Around. Learn learn the what? That's the the language in the Philippines. Oh, uh, the Philippines. Uh, most people learn English. There, there are but a, little, want to know a little better than uh, even Thailand. Um, Thailand, you know, of course, if you're in a big city, you're gonna find a lot of people speak English. Mm -hmm. You go to Bangkok, but when you get out, like the people we know were telling me, oh, we're not living in a big city. When we retire in Thailand, we're moving to a small town. Yeah. That's where we're going to live. One, it's more affordable, but two, you would have to language to get around in a small town as well. You just point. <laughs> and you rub your... You Personally, rub your, I would learn the language. You rub your, uh, your thumb and finger together like how much money. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you always find it translated real quick. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I tra when you translate later, probably are not very expensive to hire. And you're not going to need them all the time. But uh, what I see is very common in those countries is that maidservants, people coming in, cleaning your house, doing your laundry, um, every day have someone come in. And it's not very expensive to have that. Whether it be Mexico, Colombia, Thailand, you, you could have maid, you know, I have friends that have maid service. I've hired maid service. But I don't pay for that every day or for someone to come daily or even weekly. You know, I do. I, I live in a small place now. I myself, but uh, that's pretty nice. Your, your, your place is going to smell clean and nice. Your clothes are always going to be clean and hung up, and you don't have to pay very much. That's a luxury in America.
I think a more affordable like abroad. I find it very fascinating that you're so reluctant to learn the native tongue. I'm going uh, to learn some of the words. I speak a I little bit of Spanish. Bueno. Parlez-vous français? A little bit of French. Nice, nice. Oui, oui. Yeah. You know, we get down there in the Cajun country, you need to know a little bit of that. Oh, you got to know that, Tony. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, now we're, I think I ought to retire abroad would probably be, be Texas. That's uh, <laughs> the most foreign place. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I'm accustomed to living in. Right and, and it's about guns, right? It's about personal security, independence, freedom. Uh, but then again, who knows? Right now in modern, right now, we're in, uh, we're in January 19th. Right now, uh, Greg Abbott is having a little tough with the federal government right now with the border crisis going on. So uh, yeah. who knows? There's there's a lot of people crying that we're they're separatists. They want to separate from the union. I don't. Not that I want to get into politics right not, now. Not without um, not without some massive bloodshed. It would cause a civil war. Yeah, most likely because you have so much training. You know, I, the the reason Texas became a part of the United States. Is because they, they were just broke. They didn't have any money, and they needed protection. Um, you know, they didn't. They couldn't sustain a, a military, and you know, people were poor. So it's not like you're you didn't have taxes. So how are you going to keep sustain a certain way of life, and then uh, you know, protect yourself from those that want what you have? So when when the United States, when Texas was annexed in the United States, the um, United States brought, you know, uh, them protected the military, and were able to send money for development in the in the state. So, but when Texas discovers oil, it becomes big Texas like old state. Now, Texas has more money than the federal government. Well, well, yeah, Texas maybe at that time should have said, "Hey, we don't," but you know. By then, by the time someone discovers that value, they go, that, and they're not going to do that. They would say, we're traitors to the United States. It's been so great. I always say, when I travel abroad or anywhere, hey, I'm from Texas. You know? Oh, that's interesting. I say, hey, I'm from Canada. Hey? Eh? Yeah. Hey? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, I'm Canadian, eh? <laughs> you know, people in, in uh, northern part of the U.S., I've heard that Canadian accent, and they'll say that a lot, and I'll say that, you're from Canada, you know, because you sound like you're from Canada, eh? You're from Canada, Canada? It's like every, every, every sentence is a question, eh? <laughs> Love our Canadian brothers and sisters. Yeah. They have a really good uh, PR for their and you spent time in the Northeast where they, they speak very fast. And I've spent a couple of years in Canada. Oh, yes. I live in Toronto. My cost of living, the life. It was nice. Uh, at that time, uh, every dot, like uh, Canadian dollar was like mm, about a dollar fifty versus the U.S. dollar. Sometimes I think it got close to almost $2. Dollar US 
that time. It's, I don't know what it is, I haven't checked out currency. It's not like it's now versus $1. Yeah. And, but I think right now it's down to six, 15 or 16 pesos for $1. So the, the oh, strength wow. of the, the Mexican They're not printing money. Better. They're not printing money like the U.S. was. Yeah. Well, like the U.S. has been. Yeah. Has been. Yeah. Inflation. We're looking to see an uh, interest drop this spring. And I'm, I'm interested to see how that affects the housing market throughout the United States. I know it's going to be a boom here in South Texas and especially in Corpus. We're running out of housing. Um, rental properties in demand. They're building some more uh, apartments around here. But I just don't see, we see infrastructure going on, but I don't, as far as housing development, it's not really that from what I know around, around here. Do you I know any think, different? I don't think there's huge uh, demand for it right now, but I think there will be. Well, the demand will be um, greater before the supply is met. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, that happened in California in some areas where they told them, just stop building, you can't build. And they wondered why, you know, this little 1,500 square foot house is worth, you know, they're selling for 800,000, you know, 1.2 million or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that's how, how big the house went up. So I used to, uh, th this was years ago, and I would travel to California. Excuse me, and people would tell me what their houses were worth. Man, man, why don't you sell that thing and retire in Texas? Their house they bought for eighty thousand. They sell for eight hundred something thousand. They owe twelve thousand, fifteen thousand, or maybe they owe forty thousand. Who knows? Mm -hmm. You could sell it for eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Someone would give them a loan. Someone, uh, someone could apply for a loan and buy that house. The bank will give you the money, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Pay off the note, whatever. Eight hundred thousand move to Texas. You could buy a $250,000, $300,000 house that's probably twice the size in a small, smaller area, you know, smaller town area. And live pretty good. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. Why not just move to Mexico with that $800,000 and retire? That's that's true. I, I think of that as well. And that's what we're talking about today. So I like... Um, I like to research, and I've been, I, I want to do more research in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. Things are improving. It got really, really bad there for a while. You think it's still better it, now? It's improving. When you've got so bad as they were, I don't think much further lower you can go. I mean, they had extreme poverty, but trade is improving there. The um, What was his name? Hugo... As he is no you know, he's passed away a few years ago. Um, so, you know, the change, the change um, there is occurring. They have tons of resources with the right leadership uh, with that country. I think it can really do well. And it's very nice. Um, Colombia has some nice places. I have some friends in Ecuador, very cheap. A lot of Americans love that area. You have a choice between mountains. Each and the beach is very nice. It's very um, a tropical. It's called Ecuador for a reason. It is on the equator 
of the globe and it stays warm most of the time. You go south of there, you have Peru. Um, then you can go down into Chile and uh, through the east. Chile is Argentina. And so uh, Paraguay, Uruguay, I've looked at those countries, Bolivia being a very uh, mountainous country. And uh, La Paz sits on top of a mountain. Very cheap to live there. The air is very thin. I don't know if I would like that, but uh, I've, I've looked into living in those places. One of those countries, and I think it's Uruguay, I don't think I would like living there. It's very modern, low contrast, high contrast, wealthy and poverty, but you, you have a pretty decent middle class. The rules of business, I did not like. Um, I, I, I uh, watched a story about a guy that moved to, to the U.S. to go to college, to go to grad school, does his MBA or something, starts a business in New York City, goes back to uh, his country to start the same type of business. And the laws in his business, in, in his country, made it much more difficult for him to do business in the same line of work or any line of work because of, uh, of the rules on hiring people to do work for him. I think Paraguay, was, Paraguay is a little bit different. Um, those countries are not related, even though the names are similar. Very different, very different in culture, very different in the way to do things. But uh, really cool if you uh, have the time to, to look at that. I'm always interested in South American. Um, uh, Chile being a beautiful place. I'd love to visit there. I've had friends from Chile and and Argentina and Ecuador and Peru. And Colombia. I used to work for a Colombian, some Colombian people. So if you had to look at south of the equator and your head said right now, what you know right now, what country would if you had to, uh -oh. you didn't have a choice, but it was like right, now, right, right now. Yeah. Mm, wow. Good question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit, on the, little bit on the, little bit on the, I would, I, I would say, uh, probably Peru. Peru right now. Um, somewhere on the coast of Peru or Ecuador, but I, you know, you said, Hey, I got to choose. Yeah. South of the equator. You got to be down there. Well, uh, parts of Ecuador. Okay. Oh, no. That won't cut it? No, it won't cut it. You gotta go south. Couldn't go to Colombia. You could go to Brazil. You could. Um and so what do you think? Guyana. You have Dutch Guyana, French Guyana. Um Peru over. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. That, Brazil is we talk about contrast. You know, it's it's in a lot of areas, it's a lot like Venezuela. I, I just don't, and I don't know, you know, learning Portuguese, I, I would feel more comfortable learning Spanish because, I mean, South Texas, you can learn more Spanish down here, and I can pick up Spanish pretty well in a Spanish-speaking country. Even though there is a great percentage that speak a native language there in, in Peru. And, um, and the chances of running into somebody's language is... Sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of expats all over the place. All over the place. Right. And when I was doing my homework, I was looking at they're like a number one place Canada to retire in for expats. Number two would be Japan. Number three would be the top tier of retire 
other than so I thought that was very interesting and I'm sure there's one everywhere like high percentage yeah but uh, I find that very your choice would be in Mexico do you think because it's close if you were one it's close to it's beautiful just like I know all the other places so that's a very good question I could, yeah. I know people in Mexico. Um, I knew other people in other parts of uh, South America, but uh, less ties these days. It's been so many decades now. But uh, I think anywhere you choose, I mean, it's a matter of you having money to get by and to start a business or to be able to survive, like uh, wherever you live. Personally, I love air conditioning, so either I need to live up in the mountains, or, or at least a little bit cold, or do like, or just, I don't think I would just want to be here, just live on beach, or want to go do stuff. I, that's why I actually money to retire on, or I'd need a business so I could continue driving, like, like today, like just be able to get by and enjoy life. Didn't have an American uh, American food trailer. Yeah, make like hamburgers. People love hamburgers and hot dogs. Yeah. What's more American than that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just ah, forget hamburgers, hot dogs. That's that's hugely <laughs> American right there. Yeah, yeah. And have Oscar Mayer like give them to you. I don't know. Yeah. Show up in Those countries great. We're talking about Asia. Um, several countries, Vietnam is another one, Laos, um, maybe, maybe even, uh, South Korea, there, there's several countries in, in, um, that, in, in the East Pacific, is that what you call it, that, that are, uh, tempting, and when you look at the cost and you see, here are the testimonies and stories about the other expats that have been there, I find that really interesting, but when you look at going to Europe to retire, now depending on where you, you would like in Europe, I want to go to Italy. I'd love to go to France and Spain. I've never been anywhere in Europe. Would love to. Uh, England, I would love to go to England, Scotland, Ireland, all, all of that. Um, also the Scandinavian the countries. The Scandinavian countries. I would love to visit those places. Uh, I'd love to go to Denmark. You know, and, um, I hear Ukraine is really nice this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Do you? Yeah. Russia too. <laughs> Good weather. Yeah. There you go. That's a place to retire. A lot of people retire there in Russia. Uh, maybe they like. Right now, you can be a Russian citizen if you uh, decide to sign. They'll give you citizenship right now. Generally hard to get. You go right now to to fight in their war. They'll give you citizenship for yourself and your family right now. If you will um, marry a Canadian, uh, a Canadian, a Russian. Being an American, now, the government also give you some money. There, I don't know. There, I'm sure there's certain. Would you want to dodge that bullet or go to your room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not interested in those particular places, but I will tell you this because I wanted to get to this: is that there are places in Eastern Europe, in places that used to be a part of the Soviet Union, like Kazakhstan, and um, Places in that area that are very uh, interesting, interested, very interesting 
to check out. So um, some of those Eastern Europe countries, they don't like you to say Eastern Europe because of what I'm about to talk about. Those places, very cool places, especially the cities, they have buildings in their cities and sidewalks that were built, you know, two or three hundred, four hundred, five hundred years ago. Churches, five, six, seven, eight hundred years ago. I mean, it is really cool architectural stuff. Gorgeous areas. Gorgeous areas. You have the mountain, mountainous areas. You have the green pastures and valleys. It is a, a beautiful places to be. But the cost of living is like South America. It is not very expensive if you look at the Czech Republic and and some of the countries in that area, the Slavic countries, you will see that, wow, man, I can live here pretty well. And uh, some of the food is pretty good. Um, and a, uh, another one is uh, Bulgaria. That is a very cheap uh, country. Romania being another one. Um, I had a, a student, a trainee uh, once from Bulgaria. And uh, very uh, interesting. That, now, you have a multiple of cultures of life. You have what you call it see people and then you have the Bulgarians there so I don't know if you know much about that I don't I'm still learning about that but that is really fascinating to look at and then to see that it costs I mean to live there the guy uh, that I trained from, from Bulgaria he said man everyone wants to go to the United States living in Europe and especially in Eastern Europe I don't know if you live a good life anywhere why you want to leave your country. But if you're poor or middle class in your country, you're, you're blue collar like us in the United States. Hey, I could go to the United States, do what I do here, there, live a better life. You know what they'd say, Benny said, the re reason you live a better life in the United States because you have to work so hard have it to sustain it. You have to put in 60, 70, 80 hour weeks to have what everybody says is a dream life. He says, I would sometimes rather go back to Bulgaria and live where I have more vacation time, more holidays. I don't have to work, you know, 40, uh, more than 40 hours a week and sometimes less, you know, sometimes you get a week vacation, um, a holiday or a week holiday. It's just a holiday and a uh, uh, much more simple life. I don't know if it's easier but uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed about people from Europe is they'll say that they get a couple hour, uh, a couple hours for lunch, like midday breaks. You have the same thing in Asia, in uh, Japan, China, and stuff like that too, where they actually have time to take a nap during the day. If you go to Italy, same thing. They have a like a break during the day. So they don't work as much or as hard as Americans do. The siesta. So they, they have time, like lots of cultures have that. While here, you know, we're lucky if we get a lunch break in our industry. And they're upset. That they're like, hey, why are you taking a break? It's a 32 minutes. You only get a 32 minute break, and that means 28. Sometimes it's like, oh, no, you're delayed. Why is your break? If you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. You know, all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, you, you hear that all the time in the states. If you're late, if you're not 15 minutes early. In our business, in our business, you can work uh, 15, 16 hours a day. Mm -hmm. You get it. What our, our in order for us to do what we do to drive the truck, you get a 10 minute, 10 hour break. If I work 14, 15 hours, I'm not taking a 10 hour break. I'm taking 12, 13, 14 hour break. 
because I don't live in my truck. I did that for a while. We don't live in our truck, but what we do, we go home and you have that commute to it from home. Um, we're required to wear certain uh, types of uh, clothing, um, flame retardant, FR, we call it clothing. So, but uh, yeah, the company is like, oh, yeah, 18 hours to work for the day. Yeah. Uh, Right, get back to work. Ten hours, they didn't, you know. And then you have to remind them, well, that that vehicle. This is what I say: that vehicle breaks down when you wear it out. I said, so does my body and my mind. And, you know, I need a uh, sufficient amount of rest to do to be able to drive and be safe. And I'm about longevity. I'm not so much about hey, how much can I make this week? It ain't gonna fix all my problems. I need a steady paycheck, and I need to learn how to manage what I have. And, um, that's why I go to work there. So, um, so in the same way, with whatever, if you decided to retire somewhere abroad or anywhere, anywhere, it's, this this applies the same. You know what you need. If you have to downsize from where you're at now to have to be able to afford what you need and manage what cash flow that you have coming in to live on that, on that, and hopefully you're a few pennies in the savings account. Yeah, that's uh, definitely something that people are tired to do, but life gets in the way of that. And uh, so often, so many Americans, including myself, live paycheck to paycheck. You know, you don't, you try to manage the best you can, but either it gets away from you because of wants or needs or, you know, things that you have to do. I haven't worked in the food service business for a long time, but I was going to mention that to you. That, uh, you know, you were talking about starting a business and I was just saying, hey, hot dogs, America. If I were to do a business anywhere in a foreign country, it would be in the food service of our industry because it would be easier for me to do that, being that there is a language barrier unless I, I were married to someone that spoke the language. So, but uh, yeah, I think that would make things a lot uh, be easier because and you go you go to a restaurant. We have in, in the United States, we have all types of restaurants, all kinds of places. You kind of want someone speaking the language of the restaurant from the country or whatever. You go to Indian restaurant, Chinese restaurant. It's always better for if you go to a yeah. Mexican uh, dakari and they don't speak English. You go to an Indian restaurant and you don't understand their English. You know you had a good Indian restaurant. Same thing with uh, Italians, same thing with all different places. Same thing anywhere you go. You go to a uh, Chinese place, like they only speak in Mandarin or Cantonese. You know you're, doing, you're at a good spot for good food. I want to travel abroad, whether I live abroad or not. I'm looking forward to doing that soon. And uh, I'll have some stories for this podcast when I do, just like when Ben went to Orlando. You went to Orlando, right? Yep. Disney World. He had a lot of stories. We had all the whole podcast. You talked about. Well, I don't know. Tell you the truth, I'm not much of a beer beer person. Like I like uh, more beers than uh, I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, when uh, I went to, I wish I remembered the name of the I was at the the shopping place for Disney there, and had a Irish pub there. I had a. Um, what is that Irish? Uh, a uh, Guinness. Guinness. Is that Irish? Irish. So 
I had a Guinness on tap. It was the second beer that I ever had that I really enjoyed. I had several of them, several of them there, but it was really good. The because usually when I have a beer, I don't have to do it, or if I go it's like a the, dark thick. I don't like. I don't enjoy beer tap. Okay. Unless I get like a, um, like a, a chalada beer where it has extra flavor to it. But the, the time before that was years ago when I was up in uh, Colorado and I actually had a, uh, what is it called? A, um, a Coors Bank. Oh, in Golden, in Golden, Colorado. Golden, Colorado. And I had that on top. That was, that was the first time I was at. I get why people like beer. Delicious. And then uh, I tried the banquets down here in the bottle. It was it wasn't the same. And then the same thing with the Guinness in Florida. And don't get me wrong, I'm not an alcoholic. I, I drink maybe once a month uh, socially, and uh, not very often. But uh, they're were delicious. I come here. I try to in the bottle, a Guinness in the bottle. I try um, also. On the uh, at a tap at one of the bars here, wasn't the same. Didn't like it. Sorry, I didn't mute my phone. But that's I, I the same. But that's the same thing. Uh, it's always spam. Oh, okay. Um, are they from five one two numbers? From everywhere. Oh, really? I feel like that's the same. If you go to other countries, you go to other places. Maybe it's yeah. something you don't enjoy, but if you had it there. You would enjoy. You would have to, or you would have to custom the things that you like that are American that are similar there that are not going to taste the same. Or you can marry them together to make it taste a better way, or suppose you could simulate it the best way you could for your American taste palette, and it could take off. It could be awesome. That's one thing nice about down in LA, California. You got a fusion of foods. Well, you could do the same thing. You have that in Austin. You can drive over here to Austin as well. You can go to San Antonio. But that's what I I love the fusion. I love it when when different cultures there. I mean, that's the American Chinese food, what we call Chinese food here. You know, or the the taquerias. Like, it's just fried food. Um, But that's what I'm saying. Like, but you could go to another country and if if you want to do your food and you're like, all right, what are the ingredients I have here? All right. then use those ingredients to make your American food. It could just spin off. That's like Italian food here. If you go to Italy, from what I hear, because oh. I've never been there, the Italian food in America is not the same Italian food as you get. Have you bought the pasta, only pasta maker? Yeah. Have you used it? I haven't used it. You yet. have not used it? I've had it for over a year. And your, wife, your wife was like, why did you buy this? <laughs> and you're like, well, I plan on making pasta like the Italians. Be like, woman, I'm going to be making my pasta eventually. Yeah. I'm just... I've seen them. I mean, they roll that dough well and they do the oh. That reminds me of when I was in Toronto. Uh, I came across this dude that uh, uh, was making uh, homemade pasta. And uh, he was like, Hey, do you want some? I'm about to make some for lunch. And I'm like, Yeah, sure. And uh, he was like, It seemed like it took maybe less than 10 minutes. And it was. It was in scratch, starting off from scratch flour, made it out real quick within 10 minutes. Pasta I ever remember ever eating all the time. And it's been over 20 years. Mm. And it was before that, never had anything as good. 
after that never had anything as good. That was the best I ever made. It, it was much, like, and I'm like, one of these days I need to attempt that. I need to do the same thing because it was delicious. It was so, yeah. it wasn't with pasta sauce. And you're not going to be doing that when you're like, on. I mean, you can't be doing that when you're all on basically. I don't know. I think maybe if you keep it limited and you don't do it very often, you're going to be okay. Hey, I, mean, I mean, it sounds so That's why you got to exercise. Yeah. yeah. But then again, I love rice. I love potatoes. That's I it. I'm, I'm, I'm retiring. Florence, probably some suburb of Florence. I don't I don't know. I got to visit first. I but I want to go. And that's what I was going to get. I think I want to visit several of these places. I don't know where I want to go first. Wherever I can find a, a good deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times, anytime I travel, I wonder what life is like in a place uh, that I'm going. I've been to Florida um, in the past couple of years a couple of times. I went to Jacksonville. I went to Panama City, Panama City. And uh, Panama City was a really nice city. Beautiful. I, I hate to see this, but it had beauty even more than that. Christy, and there's something about when you're in a coastal area and they have pine trees and you get off the road, these beautiful pine trees, and they smell really good. Pine trees. Miss, you don't get that. Well, you have to go east. Yeah, when you go east, you'll get pine trees. There, there's there are different kind of pine trees in, in the east Texas and got beautiful. And then once you get into Louisiana, it's pine trees all the way to Georgia. Even around the swampland area. Well, even up in Idaho, I went through the down the highways and down the roads with the, the pine trees there. Mm-hmm. Just fresh air, the the cool, the just the pine. It's amazing. I love it. I always thought I'd retire up there in Montana. I would love to have a cabin up in the mountains in Montana, and I'd only go there during the summer. I would not be up there in the winter's end, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just... You don't want to get snowed in during well, the winter? But anytime I'm somewhere, I wonder what life is, if you move there, how you live, how the people live, how they love it. Is it a place where you just love to be? I mean, I live here, we live here in Corpus Christi, and sometimes I tell people, I love living in Corpus Christi, and they look at me like, Corpus Christi, Texas, I want to get out of here so bad. And maybe they grew up here, or maybe they've been here for a little while, you know, 10 years or more, and they're like, no. But I love, I love Corpus Christi, Texas. I, I just love it down here. It's funny that you say that because I've been all coast to coast in this country and in the heartland and everything. Most smaller cities, most towns, people, most people want to get out from where they're at. Yeah. I think it's more of a mindset than anything. Yeah. And it could be emotional, it could be financial, it could be relationships. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people, they, they're itching for something more. But then when you talk to people in the big city, they love it, but they want to get out. Yeah. And so, so right, right. Yeah, they want to get the out. The hustle and bustle of the city, it can wear you out. It wears you out. And then you got some country folk that just love, love where they're at. So I think, but then there's young people in the country that want to get to the big cities. They want something. That's they true. want to change a pace. That's true, yeah. They want to see what they can do, what their work, what their values, you know. And I think that's with the people from other countries. They want to come to the United States. And then there's people in the States that want to go to other countries. Yeah, yeah. 
That's good. It's nice. You know, so I. It's exploring. It's it's there's an interest there that intrigues the mind to say, what can I do if I were here? How would my life be? Could I afford it? What would I have to do? Would I have to what would I have to do to adjust? Are there gonna be some things I don't like sure? Are there gonna be some things that I just fall in love with? Things that make my life easier? Are the comforts gonna be there? Hey, fantastic. I can tell you what I like about Corpus. It's really um we're a coastal city. We're not uh, not the cost of living here is not too bad, even with the inflation that we've had. It's still uh, very expensive. I mean, you can adjust uh, here. It's not like uh, it's not like living in Orange Grove. I'm sure. And I've never been to the Lowe's grocery store in Orange Grove. I don't know if, if you're ever by there. Many. Yes, yes, sir. But um, you know, housing. Even though they tell me in some areas, you know, the housing about the same, oh, it's just like Corpus. And a lot of times they'll refer to Corpus as the big city, the big city that's nearby. And then you go north of here, the second largest city in uh, Texas, San Antonio, um, used to be third uh, in population wise, they passed up Dallas. You include Dallas and Fort Worth area in this uh, metropolitan area in the state. But uh, San Antonio is a big, massive metropolis. Still growing, yeah. And the cost there, I mean, it just depends on how you want to live, just like anywhere else, you know, what neighborhood you want to live in. Um, I have a friend uh, moving here from uh, Northwest Texas, and uh, he's looking for a home, and he, he says, hey, I just want to pay cash for a home. And so I've been out driving around, looking at different homes in Corpus Christi and um, different areas, and I've seen a house Easy price for what he was looking at, maybe a little, little less. Nice house, and then, but I seen a news report yesterday. There was a shooting just on that street, so I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe that's the house for sale. I don't think they put it up for sale. Or someone in the neighborhood said, oh, there's a shooting here. Let's put our house on the market today. So I, I don't know about that. Um. Anyway. Do you hear that? Oh, yeah. Do you hear that? Do you hear Play that funky music, man. Well, we're having a good time. Yes. I love that tribal music. Yes. And uh, also, I do want to admit that uh, we live in a safe town. We live in a safe city and a safe state. Every place has its dangers. And that's one of the, the primary things we look at when we're looking at traveling abroad or living abroad would be Because it doesn't matter how beautiful, how gorgeous, how nice that area is. Safety is our number one priority because that's the only way you're going to be able to prosper, enjoy life. Yeah, is to live. You mm -hmm. have to live. You don't want to go there and die. Yeah. Like that. Sketchy motels on your thing. Not. I mean, you could be safe. You could be safe. You don't know. People mm -hmm. aren't going to mess with you. It's not like every not like dangerous things are going down every 30 seconds. They, there are places, areas that have more probabilities because, you know, more bad things happen in those places in that area. But hey, in some of the nicest areas of the world, lots of dangers too. So, or there could be. There is too. Yeah, not there. There could be. There is a lot of danger. Like there's 
ethnic places in every city in every country that if you're not from there or even if you are from there it's not safe people tell me have told me hey you, you go to mexico and i've been the one to mexico since i was uh, 15 years old uh went with a church group but we went on these little short uh one week missionary trips uh down there and uh, helped out different churches and working uh, with different people, different communities, we go to different cities, different villages, meet with people, uh, bring life uh, to those people. And uh, uh, it was fun. It was a great experience. I wanted more of that. I thought, man, I could do this a lot. People would talk about the dangers. And sometimes you kind of want to be around some of the danger. That's where the, the excitement is. And a lot of times, if you, if you like nightlife stuff, of course, there's danger. It's going to be danger. I've seen... Uh, uh, one video where um, a guy was in um, Columbia and he was in a nightlife area, but he discovered that there was a, a scam going on where like if you're a, a guy and you met a lady and you bought her a drink and you had a drink sitting there, if you got up and left your drink, she would drop a drug in your drink. And then when you fell asleep, she would leave you and then she worked for people that would come lob you. They'd let you get back to your hotel room or something, and they'd take everything you had. I mean, that happens. And it, it, those are things you need to be aware, aware of. And I think anytime you travel anywhere, you should uh, have an understanding of where you're going, what you're doing. It's part of your homework. It's part of what you research. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be that you're going to just have this ultimate safe thing. Just traveling in itself has its dangers. I mean... Now, what I say, we drive bombs around. We live a pretty courageous, dangerous life. Then, I mean, we're willing. We're, we're we're ready to go be Indiana Jones right now. You know, let's go. Let's go find something. And Ben has his Indiana Jones official hat. We we need to get. Um, it's perfect for this episode too. We need, the yeah. We need to get Harrison Ford to autograph that thing on the inside of the brim. That would be awesome. Wouldn't that be something? So Sean Connery. Mm -hmm. Sean Connery. And of Sean, he was one of my favorite actors as a kid. I always thought that uh, him having that being Harrison Ford's father, Indiana Jones, strange. I mean, I think he tried to cover up. I think he tried a little bit. Connor's going to be shot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What an awesome movie. They're, they're great actors. It doesn't matter. They're going to play the roles to see. And the writer envisioned uh, their roles, and they're like, man, these guys are even better than the character created. You know, pretty amazing. Just imagine being one of those writers and a famous actor decides to accept that role. Like, I wrote like maybe ten percent of what he actually said, but that was awesome. You did a great job. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I, that's a whole different. Thing, but I, I like uh, I like to go see a lot of the uh, Mayan and Incan uh, ruins mm -hmm. or old ruins or whatever they preserve. Um, the Incans with the Machu Picchu in Peru. Um, that's why I like Peru a lot. Um, I like uh, I like to see some of the Aztec stuff in Mexico. I've never, never seen. Very fascinating. 
Yeah, not just there, but across the world. Like where they have cities underneath the ground. You know, and then yeah. they have tunnels from one city to another. I think that's neat. I think it, it's so fascinating. You're not There's talking about those tunnels they built. Not recently. <laughs> no, but like just ancient. Like I think it's there's so much history that we're not aware of. Yeah, I mean, mankind. Well, hey, in that because we like to travel and to go there, and that's why we're talking about this traveling abroad. But when you think about what life would be if you were to live in this place today, in some place that you would travel to, whether it be Thailand, Vietnam, um, you know, Asia. Eastern Europe, Western Europe, South America, wherever. But you have something on your bucket list, and then you're like, "Man, could I live here? Could I retire here? How do the people? How are the people here? How is the safety here? Where could I live where I would feel safe and afford that on whatever budget that you have?" And then you look at these ancient ancient societies, and this is what I liked about Eastern Europe because hey, you see. Uh, these buildings that were built four, five hundred, six hundred years ago, you're like, man, I wonder what life was like when those things were. Even downtown, we have some pretty old buildings, not quite that old, maybe maybe 150 years old. But still, I wonder what life was like when they built that, when they constructed that. Was it thriving in the area? Is it thriving today? Have they uh, renovated those things? They're, I know they tried to do that. And, in a many, many places. I think they do a better job of that in some places uh, abroad than, than we do in the United States in some of our cities, you know? And and even with infrastructure, you know, roads and traveling, I mean, I know you don't like me to say bad stuff about corporates, but we have a pothole problem here. And so, you know, sometimes traveling, that's another thing, traveling and traveling, safe, safe travel when you are abroad. How are you going to get around when you're there, I don't feel comfortable driving in a foreign country. I just get in the car and drive. I, 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 you know, I'm not saying that I couldn't do that, but if I'm going to Florida, I'm renting a car. If I'm going to Lima, Peru, I'd probably want to find a different uh, way of transportation and hopefully find a reputable company that I could use and not just any, any, um, you know, cab service or something. Um, because I've heard stories about you know, people getting ripped off with the cab service or whatever. You know, you don't know who you're getting in a car with and what could happen in that, you know, in those situ you know, in that type of situation. But you want to make sure you can travel safely. And uh, that's interesting that you say that because, like, uh, when I visited Jacob, when I get there, um, you have the cab service that are, like, almost, it's, like, almost like a certified cab service. And then you have cabs that are not certified. So the ones that are certified are supposed to be background checks, supposed to, you know, guaranteed safety. So you're going to pay a premium. You're going to pay more money for that cab service. Yeah. And then you have other cab drivers that are lined up somewhere else that you can use that are not guaranteed, but they're going to do just as well. But there's, there's almost a little bit of gamble. You're saving a little bit of money, but you never know. Yeah. And it's just for whatever reasons, they don't want to pay for the certificate. They can, they feel like they can drive just as much and not pay for the extra um, check mark, you know, to, to be that. Then you have a lot of others that yeah, are yeah, not cabs. Yeah, public transportation, the bus system. Then you have that as well. And then you have non-public public transportation where people just drive around in a van 
And you pay, like, seriously, <laughs> that's how the locals do. Yeah, and then they yeah, pay yeah. this guy, he just drives around, and then he'll take them where they want to go, and then go back on, or he'll have his own team. It's not, it's his own company. When, when I was in New York, there were so many different types of, um, you know, public transportation. I'd see these Lincolns or black Cadillacs, whatever, and they'd say, oh, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know if they, like you said, I don't know if they're certified because you have to be a part of a, there's only like five medallions they had to get for cap services. You're not a part of that. And that's where Uber came in and changed the name of the game in that type of transportation. And when I was in Puerto Vallarta, we utilized Uber quite a bit. I, I don't even know if we took a regular cab because we checked prices on Uber and Lyft. And man, you could go somewhere for five or six, seven dollars and, and way across town. We also utilized the bus system, 50, 60 cents to go across town. But uh, it was a little bit rougher ride and you had a few more stops. And uh, sometimes those uh, bus drivers, they don't care. Uh, there's a pothole. They want to see how hard they can get that. And they're laughing when, <laughs> when people are yeah, people are bouncing off their seats. And, <laughs> you know, so I don't know if they're laughing out loud, but they have a little smirk on their face as they look in their little rear view, rear view mirror at the passengers. And so <laughs> those are his, his kicks for the day. Yeah. <laughs> he enjoys hey, watching people head off the ceiling. I was in a cabin in Mexico. I think it was in a Matamoros one. And uh, the traffic, like, stop. And there's a median. It's a boulevard. There's a big median. And there's traffic coming, you know, the, the, you cross the median, and it's the oncoming traffic. This cab driver jumps the median. Uh -huh. I'm in the back seat of this cab. Jumps the median and floors it while there's cars coming that towards us. And before the car hits us, he jumps the median back over to the other side, gets around whatever accident or something that was holding up the traffic. And he says, that's the way we do it in Mexico. <laughs> um, and you're in this vehicle the whole time. I'm in the vehicle. Oh. I thought, man, I thought, this is not safe. <laughs> and he was in like, this was like one of those old, uh, maybe 50s model Chevrolet or something. Mm -hmm. Cool car. And the big bench seat in the back, you know, a lot of space in there. But man, and he, I mean, he just, he just floored that thing. That, that, uh, the median's probably you know, six, seven inches off the ground. All right. Across the grass and like, bam, bam. And, uh, He's like, I'm gonna get you to the the market, and he drove another block. I said, just stop this car. I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't know about this guy. I said, man, thanks for the, uh, you know, thanks for the experience. But I love the story that you can share on the podcast. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, we're talking about safety in places, and I, you know, I mean, and and then we're talking about transportation. Um, I've been in other cabs in Mexico. And they were, like you said, they're certified, but the guy's telling me a story of a horrific event that happened with one of his colleagues the week before. And I'm like, Whoa. you know, so, I mean, you, you'll get these stories of whether you're a part of it or not. It's like, well, am I safe where I'm at? You know, so, um, you know, a lot of places you go, you want to be back to your hotel room or if you live there, back to your home uh, before the sun goes down, because that's when. That's when the bad guys come out. And they not, want to take us. not always. Yeah. Not always. You, you got to think. No. I mean, if you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah, it's going to more than likely happen at night. But for the most part, you could be traveling across the city and not have any issue. You could be at a park with your kids playing 
at night and still be safe. Yeah. So just because it's nighttime in a foreign country doesn't mean it's it's not safe. When I was a kid, I, I'll close with this story. If you have anything else, I think it would be, but this is the last story. And I may have told this story. But when I was young, 15 or 16, I was with a church group. We'd go, we'd get to the border. I think we'd cross in Reynosa. We'd go into the, um, uh, or the customs of Mexico, whatever that is. And we would go in there to get visas. Because if you're going to stay for a little bit, we would get a, a, a 90 day visa, or 60 day visa, whatever they would issue. And while there, there's a group of us, 10 or 15 of us, and uh, we are we're in there getting our visa, so it's taking a little time. And there's a guy that comes across the border, but he doesn't want to stop for the uh, Mexican authorities there. So he just floors it. And one of the federales, whatever they are, he pulls his pistol and he, he fires a couple rounds. Wow, right there. I mean, you're, you're, I'm standing inside looking out the window. This guy, wow, And, uh, he, he just puts his pistol back in his holster, tells the guy he's lit up to get him next time. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, you're going to see some things when you travel and uh, you'll have some stories. Truck driving, I mean, we talked about that. When I got into truck driving, if I went to a family reunion or something, and I've been traveling all over the country, just like you were saying, We've been all over the place. I mean, coast to coast, northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest, all in the um, the uh, middle part of the country, you know. And um, you have stories. You see things. You see, I mean, the culture difference throughout the United States is, is different. And the way people live, the way people do things, the way their accents changes, the food changes, so many differences just here in our country. So, I mean, to travel abroad, just to expect that, I, you know, we've been all over here in the United States. Uh, I've never been to Alaska. I uh, know people from Alaska. I know people that like to travel, want to travel to Alaska. Uh, I have been to Hawaii. So many things are different. They're always great. People will always love your stories. You're going to be able to take some nice pictures. Or there's photos everywhere. But always have these wonderful stories to share about where you go and different experiences that you have. And I think that that adventurous part of it just makes it so fun. It makes it fun to talk about. It makes it fun to do a podcast. Now. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to share real quick before we close out. I remember back in the mid to late 80s, I was with my family. And we were in LA and we went into Tijuana. We were going there. And one thing I remember still is the amount of homeless people. In the and we we're on the border. And I remember my dad having us all get in this cab and he asked us, hey, take us to some touristy places, some places to check out. And uh, I remember this uh, cab driver, he literally drove around like a figure eight, like over one block, over to another block, one to another block and drove us and dropped us off where he picked us up. And he was like, okay. And he was like, my dad was like, how are we, how, how we going to find where we are? And he's like, oh, don't worry. You know, you're, you're not, you know, this is a good spot. This is a good spot. Yeah. As we get out and we start walking, we're like, this is where we actually started from. And he goes and parks right back to where he originally parked at. You know, <laughs> and, literally, and then I remember, and probably the reason why I remember this is because my parents have told the story over and over again. Yeah. That might be why I remember this so well. And I do remember, without them telling me, just the amount of homeless people, every block, every street. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar to the other places I've been to here in 
on the in the border towns in Texas where there's so many and I don't know if they're Mexicans or from South America. It just I remember so like there's always homeless people on the border towns. But once you get but since I've lived here and I've been into Mexico, it's a whole different ballgame. It's you know, you don't have the the homeless poverty kind of beggars. Everybody's happier. Everybody's there's quite a few big up. Progresso, Nuevo Progresso. I don't know if you've been in. Yeah, you know. been down. Yeah, uh, Reynosa, you That's where you cross in. Yeah. That's where you were crossing. It's in Nuevo Progresso, Reynosa. I've been down on the other side of Brownsville. Matamoros. Matamoros. Yeah. You know. I've been to a few of these towns, a few of these cities. But when you get into Mexico, much nicer. Much nicer. It feels yeah, much safer. Sure, sure. But on the borders, it's sketchy for sure. And number two, it's just it makes me appreciate where we live. How we live because it feels like there's no opportunity there it feels very depressing when you see so many homeless people sure, it yeah. feels sad you feel bad for people but you know you can't do anything it's like austin texas <laughs> there's a lot of cities like that believe it or not with homeless yeah. I, and that's a that might be another story for another day there's so much homework to do of the amount of homeless people and homeless camps across this whole country and how the news and the media is not bringing attention to it and how, how that's an issue. And like also the amount of immigrants that are coming in at a, a alarming rate with also how are they gonna survive? Like who's mm -hmm. who's taking care of them? And when there's already a huge homeless problem. You got people, you got people came out of job and these people, they already got one lined up. Or not. <laughs> you know, you, you don't know. Like, there's a lot of concerns that you feel like as I get older. Really? Like, I feel like uh, I don't consider myself more bright or smarter or anything like that. But the more I learn and experience life, the more I realize people are just going, figuring out their angle and going with it. They're not. It's not that they're um, want to do anything different. They're not trying to change the game. They're kind of not trying to better they're just trying to survive and and uh like squirrels they're just trying to save up enough nuts to to get out of the game it, it feels like politics are similar to that where they're just trying to take advantage of the situation while they can and let it be somebody else's problem do, do they think that about americans moving abroad and, and other countries i'm sure they do they have their good and bad they say about american because we bring bad things you know we go to other country we bring mostly i think we bring a, a lack of uh gratitude you're talking about the citizens or the capitalism yeah no well i'm just saying even if you were to retire and, and one of these places we're talking about say we go to say you go to philippines say you go to Peru. well you're an american you're used to things a certain way and i even i've been even when i was on missionary trips you know there's a group of americans 12, 15 of us, 12, 15 of us, and uh, we'd go to someone's house, someone's house to eat or something. And the people would go, oh, we don't have salt. <laughs> you know, they just didn't have their perception. Things, we're so accustomed to having what we want. And, and you go there, well, you're not going to have maybe some of those little things all the time. And if someone invites you to their home and what they have for you, I mean, how particular can you be and we're you know we're so accustomed to abundance, abundance. Sheep, yeah yeah you know um, we waste food. manufacturing we waste yeah 
I also think it's about your mindset. If you embrace the culture, like you could say, okay, if you just go to like Hawaii, for instance, mm-hmm. Hawaiians don't necessarily love uh, mainlanders, like people from the States. They don't mind if you come and visit and spend your money, but they want you to leave. Yeah. Because they're like, you're not well, You have to leave because most of them can't afford to live in Hawaii. Most Hawaiians can't afford yeah. to live in Hawaii. I mean, that's spam and pineapple is pretty good. Yeah, and pork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, uh, you have to embrace the culture, embrace the people. So if you want to live abroad, you got to embrace the local traditions, the local customs, the local people. You got to enjoy the way they're living. Because if you want them to adapt to you, then you're going to be setting yourself up for disappointment and not being people being very hospitable for very long if you want them to adapt to you. You're willing to adapt to their culture, their way of life, their living style, and to be the beauty that they have there, then you're going to have a much more enjoyable experience. I mean, I don't want to just be tied down to one spot. I would love to travel the whole world and see these, um, like, like no reservations where Anthony Bourdain's, but I want to spend longer. I want to enjoy the area more because I think so many different places have so many things to offer. Been a year or two in your favorite places when you retire. It's been a year, it's been another year in another place, another year in another place. And your favorite one out of five or six that you can afford to travel and make all these arrangements, then you just go back to this. Would be my deal, not a year, but like let's say three months. But how impossible is it to learn the language and get around with only spending three months in the area when there's so many? I don't think you need to completely learn a language, but you learn enough. And with the technology we have, and I mean, there's translation, and you, you, there's all these ways to translate. You can have that off your phone. You can speak in your phone one way, and you, you just hit play it. I know some of the things could get a little hard. Google could instantly translate sometimes. Yeah, you could put this. They make this. This is your new design. You make this mouthpiece. You speak in English, but it automatically comes out in whatever language you use it wait to have that translation for our podcast <laughs> so as we go global for our domination of the chief yeah we're gonna podcast, need that we're gonna need that it doesn't matter what country or what chief uh, pod, we can do this podcast in any country in they, the world it's worldwide they click on it and they hear our voices in their language how cool would that be how exactly. do we implement we need we need to get a producer this year and we need to step our game that's why i was like why i told you the goal that we need to achieve a hundred what did I say? 102? 102, 103, yeah, somewhere. 103. That's why I, I set the goal so high. Because I want to be able to achieve, I want to achieve more. I feel like there's so much more we can do. And it's, it's a good way to aspire and to push ourselves to do better. I feel like we, uh, we, we set our goals high, then mm-hmm. we'll get more out of ourselves. Well, they have conference rooms in the most uh, hotels. We could just take this podcast on the road and we can walk this whole thing. The Cheap Pot Podcast will be in Bangkok next week. So join us over there. Come meet Ben and myself. But we'll have Coffee the time. Cafes. You look forward to those times? Coffee cafes. Yeah. We're cafes. going to be in the Czech Republic. We're going to be in, we're going to be in Prague. We're going to be in downtown Prague uh, next uh, Tuesday night. Uh, Looking forward to another episode of the Cheap Thought Podcast. It's going to be fantastic. If you're in the area, come by and see us. We're going to look forward to it. And we're going to have so many fans, we're going to have to split up. So Brent will go to the, the breweries and bakeries. I'll go to the uh, – or, no, Brent's going to go to the 
the cafes and um, and the bakeries, I'll go to the uh, breweries and the distilleries so we can split up our fan base because there's going to be so many of them. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be like rock stars everywhere we go because the Cheap Thought Podcast. Well, we were. I wanted to change the name. We talked about that. We talked. Then said, "No way, we're going with the Cheap Thought Podcast. This is what we've been doing for so little while." We're going to do it for a long time because we ain't going nowhere. It's the Chief Thought Podcast. If you're not listening to us by now, check out our reels. We're going to do some reels, and we're going to get on the ball and eat. Just for you. Our wheels are going to get in wheel. Yeah. Yeah. For having a broad out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, Brent, I appreciate it. I always enjoy doing these podcasts with you. Thank you, Ben. Folks, until next time.